Hello and welcome to Cutting to the Ball in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. And Mike. Hello. Welcome back, Gaz. Hi, man. Welcome back. Yes, so this week we're going to talk about the seminal 1996 movie Independence Day, just in time for Independence Day. Happy Independence Day, you ungrateful colonials. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of my favourite movies. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, I love it, man. It's great, yeah. I did definitely like it. I wouldn't say favourite, but it's I like it. Uh, I, I love it. Well, it's aliens, isn't it? Well, yeah. And aliens and war. Pretty much got It's right. It's got cheesy one-liners. Like, it's right up your alley, isn't it? It's got everything, mate. <laughs> Literally has everything. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> well, how do we usually do this? I haven't been here for a couple of weeks, so I've forgotten. <laughs> Michael, tell us some um, some returning listeners. Michael, tell us about that, new and returning listeners, and then we'll crack on with some weird news, and that'll take 20 minutes, half an hour or so, and then we'll crack on with the main cut and thrust of today. Sounds good to me. Mike, it's over to you. Okay, let's have a look. Top 50, let's pick some. Salt Lake City, Utah. That's full of Mormons. They're doing this into us. Uh, Dartmouth or Dartmouth, Canada. Trailer Park Boys. That's where they're from. Oh, shit. Hey. <laughs> what fair play. Weed Cheers, pen. Bubbles. <laughs> uh-huh. Send me some of that weed, Ricky. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Winnipeg, Canada. Wood Green, UK. Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah. Galway, Ireland. Wolverhampton, UK. Padua, Italy or Padua. Aberdeen, UK. Boardman, Oregon. Ashburn, Virginia. Perth, Australia. And the top three, Little Rock, Arkansas. Westerville, Ohio. And Guadalajara, Spain. Wow. That's the first time Spain's been top. Hey. Is that Little Rock's back? And yeah, going pretty well. Excellent. I did see Shady Nasty down there as well. Oh, Shady Nasty's back. That's good. I was worried worried about Shady Nasty for a moment. (laughs) Right. Well, thanks for listening, all. Shall we do some weird news then, guys? Yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Right, I'll start with a fine article from the finest investigator reporting on the planet, the Daily Star. UFO expert examines cyclist pics and says they're the most convincing he's ever seen. Okay. A flying saucer expert says incredible photos showing a spinning top-shaped UFO hovering over a forest are the most convincing he's ever seen. The possibly alien craft was spotted by a cyclist who reported a Strange rustling sound as it rubbed against the top of a tree before vanishing. 
Uh, when he got home, he found he had caught the spaceship in five frames, which he sent off for analysis. The pictures taken in a remote area near Just... Oh, man, it's in Poland. Just Raul, possibly. Uh-huh. And were examined by photo expert Justin Gleave, who served in the RAF. He declared them genuine. Have you got the article up? Can you see it? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. It's, um, it looks Sorry. very much like very 1950s. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a spinning top, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It does look a bit dodgy to me. It but... does. It, it looks very clear, but then we always criticise these photos. I say, well, they're not very clear, are they? Okay. Yeah. Oh, come on, load. Right, okay. Now, all I'm going to say is, does that fit with, like, oh, I don't know. What the fuck do I know about pictures that could be real? I well, mean... That's... Same level of graininess as the tree next to it, to my untrained layman's eye. But yeah, fuck it. After my Bob Lazar rabbit hole, I'm I'm all in on the aliens. I ain't. I'm still not in on listening to Cletus the bumfuck talk to me about what his experience of aliens. I can't give a fuck about that. <laughs> but whistleblowers, military men. Yeah, I'm all ears, man. Well, yeah, I mean, military men could be called Cletus from bumfuck wherever. Just yeah, they still got a little. Like Joe Rogan made a very good point on his show when he was interviewing that fighter pilot who filmed the Tic Tac footage, the stuff that was released and officially yeah, released. Yeah, that was a brilliant Joe episode. Rog- that was yeah. Yeah, he was like, he said, Joe Rogan says, you know, how much does one of those jets cost? And I can't remember the number, but you might know Ben Ballpark. It's Something hundreds like of millions, isn't it? Forty to fifty million for a fighter jet. Okay. Right, and Joe Rogan says, yeah, they don't give those to idiots. It's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cletus might have made it into the US military, Ben, but he sure as fuck wasn't landing a 50 million fighter jet on, <laughs> you know, what well, I forgot the name for what they land on in the sea. An aircraft carrier. Top, aircraft carrier. <laughs> it's been a, <laughs> been a long couple of weeks for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, but this guy's just a, who is, who's the, he's just a photographer. He's not a. He's just some bloke on his bike in the Polish countryside. Ah. So he's not somebody who claims to be a ufologist or anything like that. No, well, Just, apparently won't give his name either. I see. Now I'm more inclined to believe him. Apparently in, in Poland, if you, um, you know, start going on about this stuff, you're looked at as being a little crazy. Well, that's yeah. not Poland, I think. I think we should all be a little bit more Polish. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I believe. He says that he might have missed in time. Maybe he was abducted. Okay, now it's... Now it's yeah, a bit sketchy now. He just said that he had in time. He's oh, got a gap in memory. Oh, God, I was with him up to there. Yeah, if he's going to bring out his book next month about how he was <laughs> only probed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's no mention of a book. There's a really ominous, ominous headline further down the page. It says huge mushroom cloud spotted near Chernobyl, which is quite concerning to me. <laughs> On closer inspection, it just appears it's just a cloud that looks like a mushroom cloud. But you know, you can understand them being a bit jumpy though around there, can't you? <laughs> you could do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would, there's a certain element of fear around yeah. that area. 
Everybody just frozen still, pissed themselves, like, oh, fuck. Oh, no, it's all, it's all that woman from Threads all over again. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's the only bonus about if it is actually a genuine mushroom cloud and you piss yourself. Number one, your trousers are going to dry off very quickly. And number two, no one's going to notice because you'll all be dead in seconds. Yeah. Good, Good point. <laughs> you know, every cloud, every mushroom cloud has a silver line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that one's done for this one. Who's okay. Bodybuilder vows to marry a sex doll after eight month relationship. Well, she's uh. a very attractive sex doll. Okay, it's hotter than anything I could ever pull. <laughs> <laughs> Alive or inanimate. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last inanimate object you pulled, Mike? Oh, so so long ago, man. I can't remember. <laughs> Talk about a dry spell. <laughs> I find conversations really difficult with inanimate objects, though. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, a Kazakhstan-based actor and bodybuilder named Yuri Toloko plans to marry everything. his sex doll after a recent proposal. Wow. After an eight-month passionate relationship, Margot is a silicon sex doll and the bodybuilder wants to marry her. This is only the start of it, you know. You do realise that. It's like, as soon as these things get, like, better, everyone will be marrying them. Of course. <laughs> the hunk treats his plastic bride-to-be like a living lady. He maintains an Instagram for her where he documents their escapades and evenings out. Yuri even claims he has found Margot a waitressing position at a local bar. Knock <laughs> him up. Yeah, all right. I think this guy's taking too many roids. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she can't walk by herself. She needs help. So what? Are you going to just walk around with a shove down the front of his trousers, moving her arms? <laughs> He's even give her plastic surgery as well. Well, yeah, but that just fucking requires a head swap in this scenario. <laughs> Third head, it's got it's got fucking brain rot or whatever. <laughs> Droid rot. Yeah, Droid yeah, rot. Me. <laughs> the red dwarf reference for all the confused listeners. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, oh. this guy's clearly insane. Yeah, because they met in a bar after he stepped in when another man was inappropriate to her. Wow. <laughs> Imagine getting your head kicked in because you came on to a, a bodybuilder's blow-up doll that he took to the bar with him. If you saw a bodybuilder insane enough to take his blow-up doll on a date, would you dare touch it? No. <laughs> no. Me. Unless I was trying to do it for a laugh behind his back and then he caught me and I was like, oh, shit. And then he caught me with my fingers down in a throat or something. Like, oh. Mind you, I wouldn't want to put my fingers in there, would I? Yeah, I don't, oh, no. think want, don't think you want to put your fingers in any orifice that it's just a doll sat around in a nightclub, to be fair. You never use another man's razor and you never touch another man's inflatable sex friend. <laughs> Them's the rules. They are the rules. <laughs> oh, well, no, she's not. She's more advanced than that. 
Apparently, she loves Georgian cuisine. Ugh. I want to know how he's chucking took it to the plastic surgery. I mean, what's the surgeon going to say? Like, I'm sorry, sir, but this is an inanimate doll. <laughs> well, you don't take it to the surgeon. Do you take it back to the manufacturers and you go, make it bigger. <laughs> <laughs> he says it was a real clinic with real doctors. Change face. <laughs> guy. Pull it in the head. He's certainly got some issues. That can be solved with a bullet to the head. <laughs> well, God. possibly. Or just shoot shoot his sex doll in the head and he'll just jump off a bridge or something. <laughs> I think we should kidnap his sex doll and ransom her. <laughs> ransom. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just to see a reaction. How- Depends how much of a bodybuilder he is and if he can also fight on top of being incredibly strong. And then it's I'm right. just not going to. He won't know where we are. I'm not touching his sex, though. <laughs> <laughs> I might if we wash it out. Oh. <laughs> it's going to require more than soap and water, Ben. <laughs> There's probably a professional place you can take him to. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> probably <laughs> with a special hope <laughs> you don't want uh, that job would you no what do you do for a living I clean other people's spunk at sex dolls yeah well <laughs> to live I might have to do that now I'm unemployed <laughs> <laughs> don't get too fucking you know <laughs> <laughs> oh dear that's capitalism yeah. <laughs> Dems yep. the rules. Them are the rules. Uh, Moving next on, one. Yeah. Okay. Posh turf war. Teens spared jail because they wouldn't cope in prison. A Just looking friends... at these fuckers makes me angry. Yes, it does, doesn't it? A group of friends who beat up a teenager in a turf war between two towns in Oxfordshire have been spared jail. Kieran Clifton, 19, dragged his victim, 17, out of his car and beat him while shouting, you're going to be unrecognisable after this, and <laughs> do you want to stab me? <laughs> he was joined in the attack by C. Smith, 18, Daniel Clifford, 22, and Joshua Campbell, 19. The group... Oh, this sentence is going to fucking infuriate you. Oh. The group had been drinking amaretto together throughout oh. the day at the Fat Fox in Watlington. Oh, oh yeah, meet me at the Fat Fox. We'll smash a few amarettos. <laughs> totally lit. Oh. They had been informed that the victim, identified as being one of the, quote, tame lot from 10 miles away. Oh, it's that tame lot. Oh, we're at war with the tame lot. From 10 miles away, on his way to the co-op. Clifton started the attack because he believed his girlfriend of four years had been dumped because of the victim had dumped him because of the victim he ran towards him shouting get out of the fucking car i'm going to smash your head in however his bravado slipped when he arrived in court with his lawyer jane brady telling judge nigel daly at the oxford crime court it is fair to say he is absolutely terrified of going inside well aren't we all his mother would have concerns about her son's ability to cope in such an environment so would my mother 
<laughs> Clifford was praised by his own lawyer for having abstained for cocaine for two weeks ahead of being sentenced. <laughs> wow. Previously, unbelievable. Memories, fucking memories of teenager. Previously, he spent four hundred pound a week on cocaine and cannabis. Fucking Campbell's hell. lawyer said he should not be jailed because he feels rehabilitated already. I'm sure he does. I stopped committing crimes on my own accord for two weeks. Your Honour, let me off. Meanwhile, Smith's lawyer said he absolutely regrets the decisions that were taking and what unfolded. Judge Daly said, this is a group incident on a single young man who was totally unable to protect himself. He was dragged from a car, kicked and punched and suffered significant injury, bruising, damage to his teeth and needed to be on crutches for a week. For some reason, this young man was deliberately targeted, perhaps because he came from Tame and you four came from Watlington and there had been bad blood between the two factions. Turning to Clifton, he said, you accepted being significantly involved in violence. You played a leading role in what went on. You have not accepted that you have any issues with drinking. Drink, in my view, played a significant part. Drinking Coca-Cola and Amaretto, I'm surprised you were not sick. Do you think he taught like that to a working class lad? Would no, if that was you or I... We'd have the fucking book thrown out. Some young black kid from the projects. Oh, God, yeah. This is both class privilege and white privilege in perfect action, like a double whammy of privilege happening here. Yeah, eight months suspended for a year. They were all given community service in order to pay a total of £3,000 in court costs and compensation. Judge Daly concluded, you better mend your ways. It has been 18 months since this happened. It would appear that each of you stands to have a good chance at rehabilitation. This has been your last chance. Appear before me again and you know exactly where you're going. He should already be there. Of course he should. It's GBH. Of course it is. Ah, that's sick. I've got yeah. nothing funny oh, to say about oh, that it's one. all right. This, is, this was 18 months ago, but you've only knocked the cocaine and the weed on the air for two weeks. Well done. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? Where's he got 400... Well, I know where he's got £400 a week to do cocaine from. If I was a and parent, dad. I'd be wondering why, this, why I've got to give my son £400 a fucking week. Yeah. Nothing to them, though, is it? It's like a fiver. It's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And it just... This is just proof that the justice system doesn't work for the majority of people is you know it it's heavily skewed to the rich isn't it it's always in favor of them every time more money you've got more chance you've got of getting off yeah yeah i'm be quite up for going and finding these posh guns and smacking the shooters off myself <laughs> well i got nothing else to do <laughs> I'm from fucking Dawley, mate. What are you going to do about it? Smack. Yeah, you're definitely going to prison. You're working class. Yeah, I'll be in and out for no one knows what's happened. <laughs> like Andy McNabb. I wouldn't go that far. A more, <laughs> a, a slightly fatter, more drunk Andy McNabb, maybe. <laughs> Randy McNobb. Randy McNabb, <laughs> that would be him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Angry McNobb. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, either way, I ate these fuckers already. Yeah, me too. Fuck it. I think that's the news, isn't it, boys? That is. Yeah, man. So let's move on to Independence Day 1996, starring hey. Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Randy Quaid, amongst various others. Quite a big cast, in all fairness. And for some reason, it's only a seven on our IMDb. I'd give it at least a seven and a half. Yeah. I think seven seems low. Yeah. I mean, yes, okay, there's maybe 
it's a bit jingoistic, isn't it? America saves the world. But that's only what we've come, come to expect in Hollywood in the last 50 years, anyway. It's a bit jingoistic. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. will no longer go quietly into the night. Oh, my God. The, the president fly a plane. He could in this scenario. Oh, God. He was a former fighter pilot. He served in the first Gulf War. A bit jingoistic. Yeah. And the fact that America are the ones that save the day. Well, they have to. It's Hollywood. <laughs> well, that's true. To be fair, if the movie was made in India, we wouldn't be surprised that the Indians saved the world, would we? Exactly. Yeah. But, it, well, 1996, what was happening in 1996, this was the number one movie of the year. Absolutely. Top song. Although it was released in 1993, it only became a hit in 96, was The Macarena. Wow. Oh, fuck. Uh, Bill Clinton was re-elected. Wow. Uh, yeah. Michael Jordan signed his last one-year contract with the Bulls for $25 million in 1996. Wow. Amongst so, um, other things. Oh, I thought he retired later than that. Wow. He retired for two years, went and played baseball, then came back for three years, then retired yeah. for good, then came back like 10 years later or something crazy like that for a year and a bit. Oh. I anyway. didn't know that. I should watch that documentary on him. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. You'd love it, you're sports fans. It's, it's one of the best sporting documentaries I've ever... It helps that I love basketball anyway, but I, I think I've heard other people that don't necessarily like basketball praise it as just a fucking solid documentary. Oh, that's good, because I hate basketball. Yeah, I'm not a fan myself. This might turn you around. This might... You don't need to be. You really don't need to... About one man's single-handed psychotic determination to being the ultimate best at a sport and what sacrifices that entails, as in basically he's a bit of a massive cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Mm. Anyway, Independence Day. Yes. Obviously the film starts with the SETI guys picking up a signal that is apparently coming from the moon. Ooh. Surely, I mean, this ship apparently, according to the film and various sources, is 550 kilometres in diameter. Fuck. You'd see that about Jupiter. <laughs> I was thinking that. Just like, well, hang on. How comes no one's seen this then? It's, it's 550 kilometres in diameter and no one's missed And everyone's missed it. Unless it's got a cloaking device. Uh, because I'm sure in the sequel we see it appear and it sort of uncloaks, I think. Uh, that was a queen ship. Uh, that's true, yeah. I don't know. Um, that's the only explanation you could, you could have, isn't it? Because yeah. people would pick it up with telescopes, and then soon enough, by the moon, it'd be visible by the naked eye. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's, it's, they also quote it as being having a mass one-fourth the size of our moon. Yeah, exactly. Or my penis. Oh, wouldn't be able to walk. <laughs> That's why I have a wheelbarrow. You're such a lazy bastard. <laughs> Does your cock have its own right. gravity well, then? Yes. <laughs> it bends space and time. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it feels, what it feels like for the women that have to talk. <laughs> Sucks all the light out of them. 
Yeah, well, I just do that to people anyway. <laughs> so we're introduced to um, Russell Case, Randy Quaid, alcoholic pilot, former alien abductee, being drunk as fuck. I want to know, how is he flying a plane that drunk? And B, why is no one taking issue with the fact he's clearly pissed as fuck and flying a plane? It was the 90s, Ben. It was all loosey-goosey back then. Where's the Sky Police? It was before 9-11. <laughs> yeah, and you've got, like, one sheriff and his deputy. That's it. <laughs> and nobody's... He gets out of this plane, and they're like, oh, you've, cr- you've crop-dusted the wrong field, you dickhead, because he's pissed. And he just falls off the wing and rolls down. <laughs> you're like, oh, this guy can't even stand up. How's he flying a plane? Shows how good a pilot he is, isn't it? Well, I guess so, but, you know, even so, we go go to a, we meet the president, Bill Pullman, he's having a briefing, and he's basically like, oh, by the way, you know that massive thing, it's, it's, it's as he is, it's not an asteroid or nothing, it, it's slowing down, it's now stopped, and it's broke off into three dozen city-sized craft, all 15 miles wide, 36 craft, all 15 miles fucking wide. Holy shit. And that's not the best of it. They're, they're coming through the atmosphere as we speak. Oh. <laughs> but isn't that fucking wonderful? Yeah, this yeah. is Bill Pullman's Bush's 9-11 moment. I when guess it is. When he's in the classroom. <laughs> you think if this happens to Bush, you know, sir, there's like 15, there's 36 massive spaceships, they're 15 miles apart. 15 miles wide, they're breaking in through the atmosphere. Um, what do we do? And he just sits there and then carries on reading my pet goat. Oh. <laughs> Satanic reference. Allegedly so. Just saying. Jeff Goldblum's character uh, is introduced at this point along with his dad, who is Judd Hirsch. And David, I can't remember his last name now, off the top of my head, shit, I should have wrote that down. He's called David. Everyone refers to him as David anyway. Yeah, and he's like a weird, buff, eco-nerd. A weird, buff, <laughs> eco-tech nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a bit strange, because he's like his dad like berates him for working for a cable company when he could have been teaching at MIT. Yeah. And it's like, well, why is he not teaching at MIT then? Why? And then you suspect that... You know, he's had this divorce and he's probably given him a bit of a midlife crisis. Maybe he wants to stay closer to his wife. I don't know. His ex-wife, sorry. He probably he just does. enjoys the job. He, he loves, he's a tech nerd. Yeah. He's, he, he's doing what he loves. The problem is with these, like, city-sized craft is they're disrupting all the satellite signals. Mm. Probably because, and then obviously David figures out, there's a signal from the aliens embedded in our own satellite codes. They're using them to communicate. Using uh, technology against us. Exactly. Bastards. I mean, not only can you not watch telly, you're also going to be blown to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a bit of a pisser. Will Smith is introduced at this point as these city-sized craft just sort of start to rock up over 36 of the world's major cities finding the best landmark and settling over it. I do love that bit, though. He walks out and he picks up the newspaper, starts reading it. Yeah. And then he looks to his left and he sees all these people packing their stuff in the car. And he looks to the right and they're doing exactly the same. And they just look yeah. off see some fucking <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> what a morning. It's a bit of a shitter, isn't it? 
Yeah. I mean, that is, if you were hungover and you just open the windows and you look out, that would instantly sober you up. Yeah, yeah, especially if you knew that you'd have to go and fight those fuckers, probably. Well, this is it, because obviously Will Smith is based yeah. Captain Hiller, who's a pilot in the US Marine Corps. He's on leave, and as one of the President's generals points out, it is the July 4th weekend, and 50% of the armed forces are on leave. Yeah. And there's a lot of them in, in Washington for the parade, so they're not exactly... This isn't the best time for aliens to attack. Not really. No. So the president, for some reason, doesn't order an evacuation. You'd think he... I, I, I'd be leaving anyway, personally, wouldn't you? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, yeah! <laughs> you know, so if you feel compelled to leave the cities, you know, do so. But if not, don't worry about it. Just hang around, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. If I saw what Will Smith saw... Yeah. <laughs> up in that sky... Yeah, I, yeah, fucking hell. If I was in charge of any major sort of nation and this happened, I would calmly walk to my private little area that I imagine I have and I would just gently, without fuss, quietly just shoot myself in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And leave leave them to it. Because come on, at that point, you're looking at that going, there's no fucking way this ends. Fuck this. (laughs) I could barely, I could barely get the fucking bin wagons to run on time. You are fucking aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I do look that there's one bit in the news on because the, there's a lot of news reports in this, and they did actually get the actual reporters to to read the lines because they yeah. didn't think the actors would be credible. And it's like, <laughs> the police want to remind Los Angelinos not to fire their guns at the alien craft as you may trigger an interstellar war. <laughs> Why are you out in the garden firing a gun at a fifth? What do you think your assault rifle is going to do against a 15 mile wide spaceship, pal? You ever been these people firing Zorikans? <laughs> I yeah, know, but. <laughs> We've discussed the, the American psyche's willingness to fire their weapon upon everything. It's because yeah. they've been lied to that having one makes you safe against everything, isn't it? You're automatically... It's 15 miles wide, guys! Uh, well, you've got to have a go. <laughs> I even saw a video today of a police officer shooting a groundhog <laughs> and what? said that it was... Yeah, honestly, a cop shot a groundhog because it was running at him. Was <laughs> it black? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he said in his report the animal was acting inappropriately. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> You're disrespecting me, man. It was on a highway and it, some cars had stopped because this groundhog was just sat in the, in the road. Like the policeman walks up and the groundhog chases him a bit and then he pulls out his gun and shoots it. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Mind you, I mean, I've heard tales where they've shot family dogs. Because the dogs just come trotting over to them, wagging yeah. his tail happily, because he's a domesticated fucking dog, and they've shot it. Fuck. Yeah. You give an idiot a gun, and they're going to want to use it, basically. Yep. So as time progresses, the city's like a fucking gridlocked, aren't they? I mean, no one's getting out now at this point. And by the time that Jeff Goldblum and his dad get to get to Washington, and I love the line of everyone's trying to get out of Washington, and we're the only smugs trying to get in. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, well, so Jeff explains this to the president, who, the president Whitmore, because, but they don't get on because Jeff thought that he was nobbing his wife. Ah. Uh, 
they had a bit of a fight when they last met, which I'd have liked yeah. to have seen. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff oh, Goldblum money's... fighting Bill Pullman. Who wouldn't want to see that? Oh, uh... money's on Jeff Goldblum. Well, in this film, he's pretty ripped. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just does the entire film really in a, in a vest and overshirt. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing in this movie. <laughs> he is, he's an amazing actor anyway, let's face it. Yeah. yeah. What I, I love is the people on the roof, the people on the roofs of the skyscrapers. Yeah, I love that scene. They're dancing around. You've got some weird Japanese guy with a UFO on his head. People dancing yeah. around him dressed as greys. Some bloke who's clearly off his tits holding up a sign saying, take me with you. I respect the fact they broke into, like, major corporation skyscrapers to get to the roof. Uh, you know, fuck the system. But I think this is a perfect example of Darwinism. <laughs> because, as you've already established, I'm getting the fuck out of town any way I can, even if I have to fucking walk. Right? Yeah. There's no way on earth... I mean, I love aliens... I love everything about aliens. Maybe one of them will love me one day. But oh, God. I'm not going up, I'm not going up to the roof of a skyscraper to dance around, get pissed, and say, "Hey, come on down, everybody!" Yeah, because we don't know if yeah. they're hostile. Oh my God! I hope they bring back Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> well, little to see. No, he was in that retirement home for years. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting mummies. Yeah. Do you think Elvis thought, watched that movie and thought, "Nah." <laughs> if only they really knew if only they knew oh. uh, <laughs> I like the welcome wagon go on then pop up there with that fucking helicopter and then big light panels on and just flash at them for a bit and see what happens I mean did he volunteer for this because I would <laughs> volunteer for that like do you want to go and hover around in front of this potentially hostile 15 mile fucking wide alien craft and flash at it potentially just annoying <laughs> it or, for all you know, you're saying, I've fucked your mom in some kind of alien semaphore language. <laughs> it's not going to go well, is it? No, but you're a soldier, aren't you, Ben? Aren't you meant yeah, to follow the rules? Yeah, but doesn't have to be crazy, does it? Couldn't they do this on the ground? Get some search, get some spotlights in? Well, either way, it didn't work, did it? No, it didn't work. He's horribly killed in fire. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we know then the alien intention is not yeah benevolent. and at that point that's when he says evacuate the cities it's too fucking late now mate <laughs> you know a bit late now isn't it now this is all on July the 2nd you know, it's the start of the weekend <laughs> it's Friday July 3rd well July 2nd sorry and then we get the it's a great scene I love that I think the effects hold up here because they're practical effects Mm. This isn't CGI. That the wall of fire. That this is like this movie has the record for the most models destroyed. They literally made models of the city, and then did this sort of fire effect. Yeah, it was one twelfth the size. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, and it's a record that's going to stand forever now because everyone uses CGI. Yeah, shame. Yeah, you know, I love good. the effects of this. I love the the, the whole open, the bottom of it opens. All the energy seems to build up and then boom, down the, the landmark, down the tower. Everything just goes to shit. Wall of fire sweeping through. You know, I love that. It's great. 
it, um, yeah. it was shocking at the time Just, as well. It was like, fuck. I love the colour, the turquoise colour. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice colour. Whoever, whoever did the decor on those alien ships, the alien yeah. version of Lawrence wearing Bowen, he must be pretty pleased himself. So, cities are gone. 36 cities across the globe gone in one, one fell swoop. It's all right, because the president escaped. Uh, well, you know. And Jeff, and all the main chip, characters who have met up at this point. <laughs> they're all on the way out, on Air Force One, flying faster than the flame. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool scene. It is. It's a cool scene. Jeff Goldblum is massively airsick. Yeah. And they have a little chat about launching a nuclear strike, which people are very happy about. Mm. Um, well, understandably, I suppose. I mean, thing is, I mean, let's face it. Yeah, all right. You're going to send in this counter to be like, well, these are aliens. We've got this nuclear deterrent sat here. Could mm. use it. So the best we've got, and it? it's the biggest thing we've got. Send in the I big guess. boys. They've just destroyed the city, haven't they, and, and killed millions yeah. of people. So I guess from that point of view, there's going to be minimal casualties because they'll all be dead already. There is that. It's a tough one, isn't it? It is, because you're like, well, all right, fair enough. If we don't do something, then these craft are going to destroy every major city in a week. Well, exactly. So you've got to take it out before it does any more damage, isn't it? But then if, if, let's say the nuke does work then everybody else who's got nukes is going to use them. And before you know it, you've got a massive chunk of the planet that's irradiated. Yeah, or the alternative is it's going to get destroyed anyway. Yeah, it's like cutting so, off your nose to spite your face, really. You're stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Yeah. Either way, the scenario is a bit shit. No, they do decide to, to launch a conventional counterattack, like Will Smith's squadron, the Black Knight. They're US Marines, they're flying the F-18 Hornet. It doesn't go well for them, does it? No, it no. doesn't. No. <laughs> Although I do like the line of it going up there to whoop E.T.'s ass. Nah. That's yeah, great. that's good. I'm just letting like, just get up there and whoop E.T.'s ass is all. You're taking yeah. cigars at the thing. It's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Nah, all that stuff is cool, yes. Yeah, it, it does not go well for them because it turns out that the big ships have shields and then they've got lots of little flying saucers, which are probably the ones that we see in the skies, in this universe. And they've got little shields too. It doesn't go well for the entire counter-punch of the US Air Force. But Will Smith and his mate do get away from the main combat zone. Sadly, though, mm. his mate dies doing some stupid manoeuvre that Will Smith tells him not to do, but he does it anyway. Mm. I don't get that. He was asking for Well, he was like, he was a psychic one, and he had to die. Yeah. Will Smith flies through the, I think it's like the Grand Canyon, isn't it? It's a pretty sweet looking scene, that is actually being chased. Yeah. How do the effects in this yeah. movie hold up? Yeah. It's an awesome chase. It is. And he comes in, it's quite a clever way. He knows he can't hurt it with his weapons because they've got shields. So he thinks, so you know what? Fuck it, I'm going cra- mm. to crash that thing into, into the cliff wall. So, yeah, releases the parachute, pulls your jet, off he trots out, sighs up into the sky, the alien crashed into the wall of fire behind him and ends up skidding onto the surface. Um, wrecked. He's the only human probably around the globe to bring down one of them things. At this point, yeah. I'd imagine so. 
Yeah, I like his little celebration too. He's like, ah, I'm going to get me another plane. going to run all your friends out right beside you. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then, of course, he's like, you know, he climbs up on the ship, opens the hatch door, alien comes out. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. And punches it in the face. Of course. Oh, that'd be pretty sweet to do. You made your mind up. Do you want to fuck him or punch him? Well, no, I don't want to fuck these ones. They're not very attractive. <laughs> Those tentacle arms could give you a pretty good hand job. They probably could, but they'd be all slimy. Nah, they look wet. Nah. Um, plus, if it's anything like an ant colony or a bee colony, they'll all be male. So the only one you could fuck was the Harvester Queen, and it's about 60 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is quite hostile. Yeah, I don't think you're, touch, you're touching the sides, are you? Nah, nah. But either way, at this point, like, if I open the hatch and then some hot, sexy, green woman with red hair gets out and goes, hi, then I'm not going to punch her in the face, am I? <laughs> if it's, like, squiddy, tentacly, weird face thing, it's getting punched. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's dependent on the situation, isn't it? Yeah. Will Smith is, decides he's going to drag this alien body around in his parachute through the desert, the salt flats. Not impressed by the smell. No. no. And not impressed that he could have been at a barbecue. Yeah, I love that line too. I could have been at a barbecue and starts kicking the shit out of it. Apparently, when he says, what's that smell? Why do you smell so bad? It was an actual smell from the salt plains. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was just to say that. It was unscripted. Yeah, because the bacteria or shrimp or something die and the wind can kind of kick up the, the scent of the dead, the rotting uh, shrimp. Yeah, no one told him about that. <laughs> so he ends up meeting up with Russell Case, the drunken drunken Randy Quaid, who, to be fair, probably didn't have to act hard for this role. Is he still mad, Randy Quaid? <laughs> I haven't heard anyone about him for a while. Yeah, he's either still mad or dead. Oh, yeah, the Star Killers were after him, weren't they? Mm. He was just drifting from sleazy motel to sleazy motel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Will Smith says, look, there's a base up ahead. Get me there. You know, no doubt it'll provide some security for you. Because he's leading like this. For some reason, the drunk man is leading like a massive convoy of civilians. But again, he was in the uh, he was in the army, wasn't he? He was in, in Vietnam. Well, he was in the Air Force in Vietnam, but... The, doesn't mean that he's not still pissed. Mm. Still probably the most experienced there, maybe. Well, if that's democ- that's US democracy, <laughs> we're going to relax the drunk bloke. Fine. <laughs> it's like foreshadowing of things to come, isn't it? <laughs> and plus, he's had a run-in with these aliens before. Well, are they the same aliens? Well, we don't know that for sure. Uh, he seems to think they are. He seems to think they are. And one of the guys that knows him seems to think that he was molested by them too. <laughs> Sexually. Sexually. Mm. Well, possibly. Would explain a lot. So this base that Will Smith saw over when he's flying overhead is Area 51. Now, interesting point about this uh, in the script is the U- when they give this to the US military and said, Will you help us out, you know, provide us with jets and stuff? They were like, fuck yeah, this sounds great. Yeah, yeah, we're awesome. Oh, wait, Area 51? Nah, 
and they just withdrew all their support. Uh, uh, so what are they hiding? Mm. What are they scared of? Apparently, some of the maps in the um, in the war room or something was old photographs of Area Fifty One taken on a ridge or something. Yes, um, that's correct. Yeah. And the U.S. Army commandeered it, didn't they? Stop people from sleeping. Yeah, they nicked that bit of land. Yeah. So they're hiding yeah. something. Hiding something, man. See them <laughs> aliens. We're introduced to um, possibly one of the finest named characters in any film, Dr. Brackish Oaken. <laughs> he is the, the crazy Area 51 head of research, played by, oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. I said it earlier to my host mate, Data from Star Trek. Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner, that's it. Or Spinner. Yeah. I'm not actually sure how to spell it. Probably Spiner. Yeah, I think it is Spiner. You're right. Yeah, he's brilliant in this. Yeah, he yeah. is. Also, I like him in the second one. Yeah. <laughs> Although, after being in a coma for 20 years, you're not just going to sit up in your bed and start fucking talking and acting normal. It was your an mus- alien-induced coma, Mike. Still, you haven't used your muscles for 20 years, Ben. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there is that. He's going to be reckon, withered. They reckon for every one day in spent in intensive care, it's going to take a week of rehabilitation. So he's got a lot of rehabilitation ahead of him, hasn't he? Yeah, about a hundred odd years. <laughs> hundred and forty years. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll cope. It turns out. There's three alien corpses and a spacecraft from Roswell back in 1947. And they've been kept there. They've been studying them. The head of the CIA is a weasley little fucker. Robert Lozier, who plays a general, is not, not impressed by the knowledge that the CIA director had that could have saved the lives of hundreds of pilots for when you actually needed them. Yeah, the president said, why wasn't I told? Yeah. Plausible uh, deniability. Exactly. Yeah. I see um, Donnie is, is he's trying to win the UFO community over. Did you see that? He says he knows about the stuff about Roswell, but he's not going to tell us yet. Oh, fuck. He knows shit. <laughs> he knows shit about shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably still reading everybody poops. Oh, or having it read to him. Thickest people. Do you think he's trailer, toilet trained? Some people do say that he, he might be wearing an adult nappy. It's probably because he's fucking dementia. <laughs> I just want to know why he's standing like the front half of a centaur all the time. Because he's shitting in his nappy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, good old Trump. That's not mm. good old Trump. He's a bit of a tool, and he let's face it. Yeah. yeah. I said when he's, he's elected, he'll be the death of us all. <laughs> Stand by it. Well, you've only got a few months for that prediction to be proved right. Well, have we? Well, could have another four years. He may never leave. Uh, what happens if he just says, no, nah, I'm not leaving? Well, well, it can cause a civil war, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. But all of his half being killed by COVID. Half the Air Force will say, no, you can't do that. Not just the Air Force, the Army and everything. And then the other half will maybe be behind him. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. 
it's all very complicated. It's fucked is what it is. We're seeing the death. We are. We're seeing the collapse of the US empire. Kind of me wants to sort of, is quite pleased. He just wants to sit back and watch. But the other half of me is like, they have got a lot of nuclear weapons. Yeah, a lot of people will suffer, won't they? Yeah. And die, but the system's fucked, isn't it? Everyone knows it. Can't keep going on the way it is. Well, Mike, MAGA. Collapsing from within, just like Rome did, just like every civilization does. The British Empire. Yeah, but you get that wonderful time of decadence and opulence first. <laughs> yeah, it's come, yeah, for, for the for the wealthy, yeah, for the working class. No, I haven't been invited to any orgies recently. Anyone else? <laughs> no, no, I have not. Uh, it's a it is a shitter. So yeah, mm. obviously as Will Smith rocks up with this alien body, Doctor Oaken is like, right, come on, we've got to, we're going to do an all. They don't know if he's alive or dead, but they quite have to cut it open. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we've got the live support man on this recording in case we screw up. He's like, well, you're just cutting this thing fucking open, mate. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got... The aliens are, like, encased in this biomechanical suit, which looks pretty grim, in all fairness, as he's slicing it open. Yeah. Yeah, that scene's pretty awesome. Yeah, that is a cool scene. And to be fair, the alien is understandably annoyed at this. Mm. Yeah. I mean, couldn't they just locked it in a room and had a chat with it? Well, that's not how we do things, Ben. Maybe beat we it up kid. a bit, get some information. Well, we're kidding. Cut it open. We could have waterboarded it. <laughs> Made it tell us everything. I'm surprised they didn't try. Yeah, they probably did. It's a deleted scene. Yeah, <laughs> but wouldn't they know what they're doing because they've encountered them before? Well, he says that two of them died in the crash and one a few weeks later. But if you're an alien rocking up on Earth and your two mates are dead and you're the only one left and you've been quite badly hurt, you're not going to tell them, "Oh yeah, we're a scouting party for our main fleet that's coming to destroy you." Yeah. No, but they'd know how to open it up, though, wouldn't they? That's still in it. Well, maybe. Maybe I mean, he'd never done that procedure before. He's probably only read what his predecessors have done. Yeah. Well, or what, oh, yeah. even yeah sadly it all goes to shit during that autopsy because as met, well, not autopsy surgery let's say let's say surgery the alien yeah. understandably annoyed breaks free runs a mark president comes down to have a look at what's going on through that glass and everything's gone to shit they can't see nothing next thing you know dr oaken smashed up against the glass with a tent with a weird anime tentacle around his neck <laughs> And, and the alien uses him to speak to the president, doesn't he? He's like, well, president, of course. He's like, hey, well, you know, I'm sure there's loads we can learn from each other. And they always say that when they meet aliens in movies, like the president, don't they? Oh, we, there's loads we can learn from each other. It's like, what? Hang on. Hands up for who's from a species that's mastered interstellar travel? Mm. No, just me? Me? Laser weapons? Shields? Me? No, just me? What are you going to teach us? Earthlings? Monkeys? What are you going to teach us? Pottery. <laughs> <laughs> They've moved beyond the need for pottery, Mike. <laughs> I mean, just... oh, that's all we got then, so. <laughs> well, we better leave it then, haven't we? Imagine Boris meeting <laughs> the aliens. That'd be fucking. You have to just put Boris yeah. in your head, put Boris in the scenario. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Do invade us, don't invade us. Do invade us, but don't invade. If you go to <laughs> yeah. invade. 
Invade us, but don't invade. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Did you see that daft fucker doing a push-up this morning? <laughs> oh, you trying to prove how fit he is, so we got down and started doing a couple of push-ups, and you're like, how many can you do, Boris? Is that the he extent doing, of it? Or? He was doing lines off the carpet. <laughs> That's what it was. Cocaine under him. We can make this look like a push-up, uh, Boris. <laughs> if anyone says anything, it was shaking back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just practicing rogering the maid. <laughs> uh, it turns out, though, that the aliens just want us to die. Yeah, can't blame them, can you? <laughs> Apparently the signal in the Morse code was die as well. Yeah, apparently. So. Alien chip, yeah. Which you'd think someone would have twigged on. Yeah. So, well, you know, because they still teach Morse code. It's... Well, they use it later in the film to contact the other countries. Well, that's a major plot flaw then, because if the aliens know Morse code, why we're using it anyway, so they can read it. Mind you, I don't think they're that bothered about breaking our codes, are they? They've got technological superiority. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. At this point, they do launch a nuclear attack because the president's like, fuck it, nuke them. Yeah. How does that go? Not well. <laughs> Not well. It's Houston, Texas is the first one. He sends it like the loads of the bombers, don't they? They basically fire it away. It hits the thing and everyone's like, whoa, yay. Because all they did, he's got some poor fuckers in a little tank down there keeping a visual on it. And they're like, oh, is it gone? Oh, 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 oh. No, no, it's still there. Target remains. And everyone's like, oh. Just made the shields flicker a bit. Yeah. Awesome technology, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, how do you... That's our best weapon, isn't it? It does nothing. Barely even scratch the paint? No. Tragic. And yeah, it's looking quite bleak at this point. It is. And you've just nuked part of your own country. Yeah. And what do they say? Did they say that within sort of 48 hours, 36 hours, something like that? Yeah, every every major city on the earth gone, and then they'll move on. Yeah. You know? Ah, the less. I mean, because literally, it takes no time to destroy a city. Of course not. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, David, he, he doesn't take the news well of the nuclear strike and gets rat-arsed. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. a man of science, isn't he? Well, yeah, he does, and he doesn't like these nukes. He's, he's a bit of an eco-geek, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, but this leads him to an important revelation when his dad comes in and says, hey, you know, get off the floor, you'll get a cold, you know, and he's like, ah, ping, light bulb moment. Eureka! Virus, computer virus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. It's not the same thing, is it? No, no. <laughs> Think about it, this is very much War of the Worlds, isn't it? Effectively, mm. yeah. It's like a updated re- reboot of it. Instead yeah. of a cold, it's a computer virus, but it's cool. Yeah. I suppose yeah, I that's cool. a callback to it, isn't it? When he's like, oh yeah, we're going to give it a virus. Yeah, that's true. A callback to War of the Worlds, maybe. I watched that one the other night. The Tom Cruise one? Yeah. I remember liking it, apart from too much screaming from the female. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Screaming. The kids were shit and annoying, but apart from that, it was an okay film. Yeah. yeah. I like the Tim Robbins character. <laughs> yeah, he was good. I actually saw that. I'm pretty certain I saw that at the cinema. 
think I was. do as well. That's why I, I remember the screaming mm. being so loud. Yeah. It was I, fucking screaming, I'll give it that. I definitely saw Independence Day at the cinema when it came out. Yeah. Well, this was... <sighs> let's not overestimate, this was the fucking film of the year. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. awesome, man. I was 14, and it was fucking... Yeah. An alien war, man. It was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I did love this film back in the day. I loved Will Smith too. Will Smith yeah. was his coolest planet at that yeah. point to me. Oh yeah. You know, one of I loved Fresh Prince. I used to watch After School every day, yeah, and then he yeah. went like an action star, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I like this. He, he's still an awesome actor, to be fair. I mean, there's not you know, many of his films I don't like. Uh, I watched Bad Boys Three recently. It's okay. It's a little bit tired, a bit sad, but it's it it was nice to spend time with them characters again. Yeah. We've had this discussion about two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, did we? Sorry. Yeah. Moving right, on. I never watched them. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>, move on. <laughs> yeah. And so David comes up with some workable computer virus, which I believe is a Trojan horse virus. Ooh, I see what they did there. Yeah. Mm. And the best of it is he's got, he gets everyone down to the hangar, right? Says to the uh, the major. You know, can you shoot that Coke can off the uh, craft for me, please? A lot of Coke product placement in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Other soft drinks are available, but there is a lot of Coke in this movie. Yeah. And it's the red Coke as well, which is, you know, then again, if it's the alien invasion, fuck it, I'll drink the full fat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> you live a little, Ben. You live, you live a little. A little. <laughs> <laughs> so in a room with the president and... A lot of important people essential to the continuing resistance to these aliens. He decides that he doesn't tell anyone the shields are up, doesn't tell them to take cover. Just says to the major, hey, shoot that coke gun off that alien craft. And this bullet just pings around everywhere, ricocheting. <laughs> could have killed dozens of, could have killed somebody. Fuck yeah. Could have killed the president. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then he obviously does it again and he shoots the coke can off and Wow, how did you do that? And he's like, oh, I gave it a cold. I gave it a computer virus. Interesting that the alien technology is compatible with human technology, isn't it? Of course it is, Mike. The 90s and laptop worked with everything. What did he do? Did he connect it via USB cable? Or did he hack into its Wi-Fi? <laughs> USB, Mike, this was 1996. It was a HDMI. No, it wasn't a HDMI. It was a VGA cable at best. <laughs> <laughs> Or a scart lead at a push. Yeah. yeah. He might have been fancying had a gold-tipped scart lead that he got Ooh. from Curry. Ooh. <laughs> For better connectivity. Oh. It's actually a deleted scene. I've got the extended cut of this movie. And there's a small scene where Dr. Brack and Brackish Oaken showing Dave around the um, around the ship. Mm. Yeah. And he's like. Oh, he goes, and he's like, oh, this does this. We think that does that. That I haven't got a clue about. And he goes, oh, that's clearly a, a sequential pattern repeating. And he goes, let's pass my laptop. And, I, and he hooks it up to the alien ship at that point. Oh, uh, USB. That's handy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It's a bit unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, it. Mike, I honestly don't think there was USBs in 1996. <laughs> no, there probably wasn't, actually. No, I don't think there was. <laughs> in all fairness, we hadn't long stopped using tape cassettes. Think about it. Your your mouse would have plugged in back then with like a twelve point pin connector thing. Oh, it would have done, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joystick. So unless they had that, 
Imagine if you've got the 12 point thing and they've got like, woo, HDMI ports. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, this this alien technology is way advanced to us. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We were still fucking about with 12 pins and woo, they were on HDMI. (laughs) In the 60s, though, in the 60s, imagine, yeah, somebody in 1966 at Roswell saw a. Or 46, wasn't it? Or, no, 60. When was it? 47. 47. 47. It's one of them saw a HDMI port. They wouldn't know what the fuck that was. I'd probably try and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> probably used it to keep their matches in or something. <laughs> <laughs> the matches for the cigarettes are all chain smoking while looking at the they were lighting their matches off the Wi-Fi router in 1947. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> uh, the idea is they've been working on this crap, trying to get it to fly since 1947, and they right. can't replicate the power. The problem is when the aliens show up, everything turns on in the craft and they can fly it again. Ah. And Will Smith's like, well, I'll fly it because I'm the only one here in this room who's actually been up against these things. And you're like, well... Sadly, Will, that does make you the best qualified man in the room, but not very qualified overall. Mm. Yeah, just because you've seen them flying about doesn't mean you can fly it. Yeah. I'm sure there's <laughs> a whole instruction manual on how to fly this plane. Sadly, it's all written in an alien language. Mm. But yeah. the plan is that he and Dave will, will fly up there carrying a nuke and upload the virus into the mothership that will filter down toward the other ships take out the uh, shields and that will give the US military and the world to come together in one glorious orgy of alien slaying (laughs) and take these things down and save humanity Mm. so got to organise a worldwide counter offensive with Morse code okay it's bold (laughs) certainly Um, is. And then we're treated to various views from around the globe. I mean, there's an incredibly British man in the desert. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. Oh, he wants to organise a counter-offensive. About bloody time. And you're like, I don't want to know that he's the RAF, so they may well speak like that. Um, (laughs) One of the guys I noticed, uh, he's he's holding a pistol in his hand. He stood opposite his commanding officer with his finger on the trigger. Yeah. Wow. So if he doesn't give you good news, you're going to shoot him? (laughs) Then we're treated to, obviously, some, I think they're Iraqis and some Israelis, and they look at each other and they're like, well, we don't like you, but it is about the human race, are you? (laughs) Apparently it was um, banned in Lebanon. It still is. Yeah. Still is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think the Lebanese are missing out myself. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the state of Lebanese cinema is, but I'm imagining it's not all that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'd imagine it's not... Lebanese Hollywood is not ideal. It's like them Turkish Spider-Man movies. Have you ever seen the clips of them? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd imagine it's a lot like that. So, yeah. Obviously, everyone gets these all. We've got reports of combat raised divisions all across the globe, and you're like, well, Fuck me, how much damage these aliens do? There's only so many planes and people who can fly them, isn't there? Well, yeah. <laughs> there is. You know, I mean, although the Americans have got that massive boneyard, which is just a yeah, boneyard. 
that's what I used to call my ex-girlfriend's pussy. <laughs> you know, the boneyard. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why she's your ex-girlfriend now? Could be. <laughs> the the um, US military, for one, goes outside to all those civilians that our drunken hero, Randy, brought in. And says, right, who can fly? And, of course, Randy Quaid's character, Russell Casey's pissed as fuck. Yeah. Um, and decides, yeah, I can fly. I'm a pilot. And if you're the, the guy you recruited, you'd be like, nah, you're all right, mate. You stay there. <laughs> what do you want that alky <laughs> bastard on for? <laughs> Seriously, let's face it. And he does sober up. He's going to be shaking that hard. That joystick is not going to fucking fly the plane very well. No. Just get some raw coffee into him. Well, that's what they did. They just kept feeding him coffee. One hell of a fucking hangover, I'd imagine. One hell of a buzz as well. Yeah. So, they have a a crash course in modern aviation. And, of course, the president, who used to be a fighter pilot, important side note from earlier, decides that, eh, you know what, being president's a bit shit. I'm going to go back up in flight because, you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Well, they need, they need they need pilots, don't they? I mean, they're scraping the barrel with this junk fucker. They got to get every true. every man they can. This is very true. Mm-hmm. And then comes up with a possibly one of the finest speeches in cinema history. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. It's decent. <laughs> it's one of the finest speeches in cinema history. <laughs> Name a better one. Charlie Chaplin. Well, no one gives a shit what that clown has to say. <laughs> the great dictator that's oh, an excellent yeah, speech yeah well whatever no I'm not a down for it name another um Braveheart no oh, fuck <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same speech virtually yeah, well, I'm, kind think... of, I'm kind of running out of um, movie speeches to be fair there you go you see one of the finest the finest movie speech ever I'm just going to take a drink and I will I will attempt to perform this in its full glory. I'm not an actor. I'm not a dramatic reader. I'm just a dumbass and dolly. So, good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win today, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but it's a day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not banish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. And then the music kicks in and it's very operatic. And I think I might have a wood, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxman must be quaking in his fucking boots. Well, Bill Pullman for a start. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Bill, Bill Paxman's dead. dead. Paxman would have probably done a better job anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm joking. That was wonderful. Consider my loins well and truly stirred. Oh, are they engorged? No. 
Um, no. 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 But either way, I might pinch that when I have to do a speech against the human, the Avengers of the Robots. Oh, God. <laughs> what? He's off again. Just saying. Yeah, that's a good speech. Yeah, you say it every fucking podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, we can only feign, like, you know, what do you want us to say? <laughs> Ben's doing his I'm going to lead the resistance speech again. Uh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just switch off now. <laughs> yeah. Just let him drown in his own hubris. That's it. I don't mind that. We know. <laughs> right, so the park president, they launch this counterattack. They're all up in the site. Jeff and Will have blasted off. They are en route to the... Uh, they are inside now the, um, the mothership. He's negotiating with the host. The, he's online with the host computer. They're uploading the virus. <laughs> it's all going well. Mm. Until uh, one thing that always bugs me about this scene, and, and you know, I, I do love this movie genuine. It's like, but they do have like a, I don't know, like a 30, t- 30 kiloton megaton, a 30 megaton warhead strapped to the side of their little alien craft that shouldn't be there. <laughs> and you'd think the aliens would notice. Yeah. Well, yeah. would they? It's on autopilot. They've recalled it. I don't know how many ships are there in there. Thousands oh. upon thousands. Yeah. I don't know. Either way. So, sadly, because I've always assumed that it's not a fuck up from Will Smith's part that he can't get the craft to disengage. It's the virus throwing everything out. Okay. That's only my take on that. That's why he can't disengage the craft and get out of there. Do you know what they call that in sort of in the sort of pop culture circles, Ben? That's called head cannon. Ah. Where you've created your own internal logic to explain something that happens in the movie. Oh well, you know, I was just just thought that scene made sense. No, it's good. We all do it. Apparently, it's how we make sense of stuff that isn't blatantly explained in things that we love. Oh well. Also, people use it to excuse like things that are really poorly written. I'm not saying this. It, things like People have a lot of headcanon for the new Star Wars movies, for example, gotcha. because, you know, there's a lot of holes, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still love them, though. Well, I, I anyway, didn't mind the last one. I still liked it. So, we're pretty close now. What's happening? Well, they say, OK, the package has been delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Will and Jeff are like, right, come on, let's get out of here. They can't. So they hide. <laughs> the alien <laughs> takes notice. But hang on, why is that why can't that ship disengage? Is there some idiot flying that? <laughs> and opens the um automatic windows on, on their flying saucer and he's like, Oh shit, hide. That's the plan. <laughs> hide. Um, in the meantime, the president and the U.S. Air Force, or what's left of it, is, is he comes ahead, he fires the first missile, nothing happens, hits the shield, and everyone's like, oh, shit. Well, you know, we'll come back, we'll have another pop at it another day. And he's yeah. like, no, no, I want another go. And you get the feeling he's quite happy not to be being president. He's, you know, he's at home in the air, maybe. Fires maybe. the missile, goes through, hits the ship, explosion. Fantastic. Everyone gets back into the fight. 
and it's all going fairly well. It's moving, the, the main ship is moving slowly towards Area 51, but, you know, they, they think they're confident of taking it out before it gets there, and if they don't, well, they're all dead anyway. It's really mad, is it? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Jeff and Will are sat in the in the flying saucer smoking cigars that they were saving for their victory party, but again the aliens not noticing the vast plumes of cigar smoke inside <laughs> the saucer because they are they're, they're not just cigars. That's that's called, these things are like fucking stogies, aren't they? You know, yeah, big ass <laughs> cigars. You know they're kicking out a lot of smoke. The aliens don't seem to know what that is. <laughs> um, anyway, they're running out of missiles. Then back on down on Earth, they're not causing enough damage. You'd think they'd literally be firing everything under the fucking sun at this thing now the shields are down, wouldn't you? Yeah, but what have they got left? Well, some SAM sites, maybe. I don't know. Artillery. Because the aliens have been taking out all the bases, haven't they? Yeah, I guess. Then again, who knows what's Area 51, Mike? Good point. Yeah, so, I mean, it's. It, I love this final battle scene. I think it's awesome, considering this is all CGI. All the planes are CGI. All the swords are CGI. I think it holds up. Pretty decent, yeah. And there are a few moments where you, where maybe the age does show, but we are talking about a film that was made in 1996. Yeah. So, you know, I, think it, I do think it holds up pretty well. To be honest, action movies from the 90s tend... Too hot, like not all of them, but some of them hold up pretty good because of, I think we mentioned this earlier. But practical effects, basically, and model work, and not a reliance on CGI. So they don't. Because I mean, we've said this ad nauseum. But Terminator 2 hasn't fucking aged at all, apart from the haircuts and stuff, because they were really just throwing trucks and planes into buildings, yeah. and you know, they spent a fuck ton of money to to really blow things up. And it's similar with this. That's true. And um, we, on our previous on Starship Troopers is a similar age to this movie, and that holds up pretty well, because, again, um, still practical effects in there. Excellent. Yeah. For Jeff and Will, stuck up there, there is literally only one thing left to do. They can't disengage the craft, so they launch the nuke. One grand suicidal gesture. He executes yeah. the Jolly Roger flag on his laptop. That all pops up on the alien system. The whole (laughs) (laughs) skull and crossbones. That's a nice touch. Yeah. I like that. I'd have probably had a big middle finger sort of doing that, maybe. Would they recognise that? That's a very human interpretation, isn't it? Would they recognise the Jolly Roger? No, but they might recognise the human skull. I guess so. Might mean, might notice that as death, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm willing. I'm even, what would you have then? Yeah, I'd have the skull, crossbones, why not? Yeah. Pretty decent. Guys, what would you have? What would I have? Big crossbones or a big middle finger or maybe just someone mooning them? Um, maybe a swastika? Probably best not. That was a joke. Although, um, <laughs> actually, did you know a swastika originated in the Buddhist tradition? I'm saying the piss out of the people that try and tell you that a swastika originated from, you know, Buddhist traditions and stuff like that. But it's like, so who gives a fuck? It doesn't anymore, mate. Yeah. Wasn't it Hinduism? Something like that. Yeah. One of them ones. It's, isn't it something like 
if it's turned one way, it means it's Hinduism, and if it's turned the other, it's not. Yeah, but Either I don't way, care. Oh, it's the fucking same to me, to be fair. Well, I don't care how ancient the Hindu religion is. Like the Nazis just were just way more famous. So it's, there. it's a bit like it's a bit like Johnny Cash and his version of Hurt. That's his song now. That yeah, symbol yeah. belongs very much to the evil side. So I don't know why am I talking about that. Oh yeah, because it would be on my bum. <laughs> anyway, the um, the nuke flies straight through the window of the bridge, where, well, the command tower where the, the main alien is sat. He has a look of panic on his face for a moment. That ensuing sort of release of, I don't know whether it's the force of the missile going off or the impact of it, sending shivers to the thing. Anyway, they become free and they, they get out there. It's quite a nice old chase scene here. Yeah. And, you know, sort of dodging, weaving, bit of dog fighting as they escape. Obviously, because it's a Hollywood movie, it's literally as the door closes. Yeah, and the alien ships can't shoot for shit. Well, obviously, Mike. I mean, <laughs> because they've they've had so many easy walkover conquests, because no one gets this year, they don't bother teaching them to shoot anymore. They're like, well, we'll take them all down eventually. <laughs> Far enough green lasers at them, we'll take them all down eventually. My theory on that. <laughs> we got lazy. The aliens got lazy, damn it. <laughs> Overconfidence. It's a killer. Yeah. Um, back on Earth, they're running out of missiles and they are not doing enough damage to this massive craft that is settling over them and about to blow the shit out of the base. And one of the, one, I think it's one of the, I think it's Jeff Goldman's wife, and this is like, well, what happens if it does get here and, um, you know, release the weapon and the major's just like, well, this facility is pretty deep in the mountain. We should be all right. <laughs> what about the people outside? Oh, yeah. Everyone forgot yeah. about the civilians. They're fucked. <laughs> well, let's face it, yeah. I mean, I'm, in, I'm down in my mountain shelter, mate. <laughs> anyway, there's no missiles left, so they think, until Russell Case comes out of nowhere. He's got one missile left, and he's going to take out their main weapon. And then it jams. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> that is literally Murphy's Law, isn't it? If it anything's going to go wrong, it can go wrong. Yeah, it's a shame. Being the crazy bastard that he is. You know, I'm perhaps wanting some revenge, do you think, for his anal probing? Definitely. I love this bit, yeah. Yeah, so in the words of my generation... Up yours! Up yours. Uh, <laughs> boom. It's nice, nice little touching scene where it's tell my children I love them very much. Yeah. And then, you know, he realises, well, it's either me and we all die or just me and the kids get to do stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. It says, noble sacrifice. I'm back. <laughs> Hello, boys. I'm, <laughs> I'm back. back. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the entire ship destroys, and then that's it. We know how to take them down now. Spread the word. Yeah. That's and obviously, it. everyone gets on the Morse code. Yeah, kamikaze pilots right up the shaft. <laughs> you think the Japanese contingents would love that? <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. You know, they invented it. Didn't they? Pretty sure Maybe. they did. <laughs> Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is, and then, but 
the sad thing is at the moment is there is no word from Jeff and Will. Uh, oh man, what a shitter! And then good news, they pick it up on radar. This crashed is crashing again as it did sixty odd years ago into the desert. And lo and behold, on one, everyone going out there to see it. There they are having a strut, still smoking those cigars. Uh, World safe. End the movie. There you go. Yeah. Good film. Love it. I don't see how it's a seven. I really think it should be higher, but that's me. I would rate this, based on my memory of it, I would rate this a solid seven. Mm, I'd certainly go seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half, I think. Yeah. I mean, the sequel wasn't as good, but, you know... It was decent. There were some good bits in it. I like the African guy with the two yeah. fucking machetes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. He was cool. I yeah, like the I like we fighting a ground war with them as well. Yeah, that was awesome. We should see more of that. Yeah, I think they, they had some really good ideas, but whether Didn't it was... Didn't expand on them enough, yeah. Or whether it was just like, oh no, we need to have more planes. I'd, I'd quite like to see a ground war going on. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I like the Harvester Queen as well. Yeah. She was badass. I was reading somewhere, actually, that they reckon in the initial strike in the, in the, over the three days, they reckon three billion people dead. Wow. Uh, I think there was six billion people on the planet at the time. 50%, man. 50%, yeah. It does make you wonder if we'd actually come back from something like that, really. Well, yeah, it's like, you could say about any disaster, couldn't you? We lost 50% in the bubonic plague, didn't we? Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I'd like to life, thank- life finds a way, Ben. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> up your 90s gold blooms. <laughs> <laughs> he actually does say a line from Jurassic Park in this movie. Yeah, he does, yeah. What's he say? Must go faster. Must go faster. Uh, he says it with the same intensity as uh, when they're being chased by the, the T Rex in Jurassic Park, yes. and when at this point when he's when they're fleeing the ship before the explosion, he's like, "Must go mm-hmm. faster. Must go faster." And he, uh, he just steal a line. Apparently, yeah, all yeah. the lines between the mad scientist, which is uh, Dr. Oaken, and Jeff Goldblum were all ad libbed virtually. Apparently. Mm. Well, I was thinking about uh, Brent Spiner. That's no. This oh, yeah. would have been right smack bang in the middle of uh, sort of the tail end of his peak as data. And you can tell he's absolutely fucking joyful to have an actual like character to play. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not fucking Android. He's like, look at my expressive emotions. Yeah. Look at my range. <laughs> I could do all kinds of things with my voice. <laughs> but he's fucking I- brilliant. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I didn't even realise it was him at first. Yeah. Well, he was. He was sort of. I think he's one of them people that Star Trek sort of fucked him a little bit because he was typecast and he mm. hasn't really been in much since. It's a shame because yeah. he did a good job in that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a well, sequel? I, I mean, I say that he hasn't been in much, but just I haven't seen him in much. He mm. could have been working continuously since then. I just don't know. It's fair enough. Yeah, it's yeah, a good point. Like, it's not like I've seen all the films, is it? No. no. He comes back from the sequel of this, though. 
when he's good uh, enough. He's in Picard, the new series of Picard. He's excellent in that. Oh yeah, because he's he's like I know what's not, I'm still haven't finished Picard, but when I've seen Data in it, I've been like, wow. Yeah, the ending, man. You've got to get through. It's so worth it for the ending. It's obviously not. There's a little bit of action, but it's Star Trek. Remember, it's a, it's a big emotional fucking ending to do with Data. Yeah. So it's worth sticking with it to get to the end. It's a good series, man. It takes a yeah, while. I've just been distracted, really. Yeah, there's a lot to watch. I'm sure yeah. you can find it illegally, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worth watching. I think you'd really like it. It's very about yeah. the nature of AI. and. Uh, I did watch uh, the first episode, but then I realised that it was coming out each week. Oh, yeah. Well, you could binge it now. I could binge it now, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just derailed. What, what are we on about? So, Dayton. Oh, I would, like, I would like to thank this movie for piquing my interest in aliens. Yeah, it was hit you at exactly the the correct time in life, didn't it? It did because I was always mm. a, like a, I'd always liked War of the Worlds, the original version, but you know this was my War of the Worlds. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose yeah, that's probably the definitely the best. This is our generation's War of the Worlds only. We weren't so stupid that we thought it was real and started screaming in the streets and writing letters. <laughs> yeah, and shooting water towers. <laughs> yeah, and each uh, other. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I look, I genuinely did this. This got my whole interest in aliens. I was so 1996. I would have been 13. So it literally hit me at the right age, and then of course I discovered the X Files, and it just led me down this. This path, and here I am doing a semi-successful podcast. Wow, semi-successful. <laughs> 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 now, mind you, success. Here's a good quote for you. Do you want to get deep? Go on. Success then. is relative. Yeah, it's well, it's this. I was going to say deep. It's the sort of thing that's written on the inside of a fucking greeting card or a, 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 <laughs> a, a fucking what are they call them crackers. Oh, so it's not bulging. Success is not the size of your house or the size of your car. Success is whether you achieved what you wanted to achieve. So, if all you wanted to achieve was sit on your fucking ass and watch bullshit TV while smoking weed you can't afford, then today's been an incredibly successful day <laughs> for me. What if you're Ben and you want to take over the world? Uh, so he's never going to be successful. No. See, and all right, what's that? I think it's in Jackie Brown where uh, that girl's getting smoking a bong on the sofa, and the guy goes, "That shit will rob you of your ambition." And she goes, "Not if my ambition's to get high and watch TV." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so by that regard, me and Mike are very successful. But Ben, because you want to dominate the entire universe. You're always going to just feel like you never quite made it. <laughs> I've got time yet. How much progress have you made in 36 years? <laughs> yeah, he went one to one interview to be a local MP. And he didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my own. You should be grateful that I didn't get that because uh, I, I stuck up for my own morals and integrity in the interview. Hey, look, believe me, I'm very grateful, and so is the rest of the world, that you didn't get that position. 
Oh, shit. Damn. I'd have been awesome. Nah, you would have been good. I'm sure. Oh, is that Independence Day? I think so. Fantastic. Like I say, love it. I absolutely love this movie. I, I enjoyed going back and watching it again. And again. Good. I will watch the sequel. I'll put it on the list now. I think I've got it on DVD. I'll have a look for you. And now you've told me that Brent Spiner pops up. I'll watch it. Yeah, he's good, man. He's got more of a role in this one, actually, in the, in the sequel. I'd argue he's probably one of the main characters in the in the sequel. Oh, excellent. There you go, I'm sold. Certainly one of the main characters, definitely. So, yeah, weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Okay, so I'll start. Former Argentine footballer Guillermo Marino missed training because he was abducted by aliens. Fucking hell. I like him already. (laughs) What an excuse. Anyone arriving late to work may refer to the typical excuse of bad traffic or possibly admit to oversleeping that morning. But Argentinian footballer Guillermo Marino claimed he once missed a training session because he was abducted by aliens, according to his former <laughs> teammate. Marino enjoyed a decent career in South America, including spells at Newell's Old Boys and Boca Juniors in his homeland, as well as Chilean outfit Universidad de Chile between 2010 and 2013. And while the former midfielder was playing for the Chilean team, then he made the bizarre claim to teammates. Guillermo says that he arrived late to one training because he was abducted by aliens, he gave us the entire explanation of what he felt and the rest of it. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, pretty much. He explained that they take out your soul, analyze it, and all while on the journey, they're looking after you. Wow. <laughs> okay. Take out your soul. And examine it. We are the soul harvesters. Oh, fucking hell. I don't want to meet them. <laughs> well, actually, they wouldn't bother with me. <laughs> oh me, I'm ginger. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not ginger, I'm just soulless. So yeah, apparently uh, Diego Maradona claims to have been abducted by uh, UFO oh, as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he was also on a lot of drugs. Yeah, he says he's missing from home for three days. Yeah, and he yeah. told his wife it was aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course you did. Of course you did, Diego. Of course you were. <laughs> so there you go, guys. A footballer. Is that any more credible for you? Fuck no. <laughs> Some cunt trying to get out of training. <laughs> Are you not persuaded by Diego Maradona? No. <laughs> Who would it take to persuade you? Oof. Um, me? No. Okay, no. there's a guy called Jim Cornette. Who's <laughs> a, a professional, former professional wrestling manager who's now seen as a bit of a Svengali on the internet as like a font of all wrestling knowledge. But he's also incredibly controversial because he's like 60 years old and he refuses to be woke. So everything he says sends the young wrestling fans into a stupor. I am a fully paid up member of this man's cult. 
literally, I have my frame certificate looking at me right now. Indulge me, if you will, gentlemen. It says, we pledge allegiance to the leader of the mighty cult of Cornette and to the pro wrestling for which he stands. No blow up dolls, dick spots or dance routines with blood, sellouts and shoot angles for all. I believe every fucking word this man says, truthfully. And he also staunch anti-gun, anti-Trump. If he said he got abducted by aliens, I would believe him. Okay, then. So we're waiting for Jim Cornell then. Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette. But he never leaves his mansion, so unless it's to go to the post office. So it's unlikely to happen. All right. Well, that's the point of alien abduction. They come to you. I guess, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... Him? Yeah, okay. Mm. All right. right, I think that's pretty much all of that one. Mike? Okay, next one. Man in Austria fined £450 for loudly farting in front of police officers. (laughs) Right! Seems excessive. The man was told he had violated public decency... By loudly escaping an intestinal wind in front of police officers. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> what fascists. <laughs> this smelly incident took place on June the 5th at 40 minutes past midnight. It is reported that the person involved in the incident posted a speeding ticket on Reddit before police confirmed the incident to local media. The criminal order reportedly describes a loud gut wind which violated decency and noise. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> the local police force wrote that the man was provocative and uncooperative for the previous official act. So he fucking should be. It's 20 past 12. He's on his way home from the, the whatever they have in Austria, the beer house. And he's pissed and he has a fart and the police are stopping him. I'd be uncooperative. He then <laughs> rose slightly from the park bench, looked at the officers and apparently intentionally released a massive bow wind in the immediate vicinity of the officers. Good. Fart of the police. The local mm. police force stressed farting alone would not normally result in a fine. That was because he farted at them. <laughs> apparently he's been uncooperative as well, and the fart, I think, was the last straw. Well, I'd have been uncooperative if I'm sat on a park bench at 20 past 12 and two cops are trying to get me to move on. <laughs> Especially if I'm pissed. <laughs> well, we've learned a lesson, haven't we? Yeah. Don't fart in the general direction of a police officer. Very true. Yeah. Here's something you never heard me say on the pod, but I've got to get on my fucking knees to read the next article. <laughs> <laughs> Not because it's really just for the listener, but because the fucking font is so small and I'm old. I've got to put my head right next to the screen. Sorry, did you finish? Yeah, man, go on. Uh, Okay, because I'm on my knees now. My hero, Sausage Dog, bit off Dirty Flasher's willy. (laughs) (laughs) A a day tripper was saved from a slavering... Sorry, excuse me. A day tripper was saved from a slavering flasher. What the fuck is a slavering? Shouldn't that be slathering? Yeah, I've never heard that word. Slavering? Anyway, flashing. When his brave little sausage dog bit off the pervert's pecker. As temperatures soared and the blazing sun shone last week, Julian Waldegrave decided to escape the heat of London. 
fucking cove idiot. The 35-year-old design consultant packed loyal sausage dog Wilfred into his specially designed carry case and set off towards Bournemouth. Unfortunately, tens of thousands of other people, freed from the shackles of lockdown, had the same idea. And when Julian stepped off the train, he joined a throng heading for the beach. Julian told Sunday Sport, it was pandemonium. And, oh, he's from London. It was fucking pandemonium. And I feared <laughs> little Wilfred would just get stepped on. I had to find a much quieter place for us to enjoy the sunshine. Julian searched the Internet for tips and eventually found a site that seemed to promise quiet locations. He said it was called Dorset Secret Cruising or something. <laughs> yeah. I assumed it was something to do with sailing and uh, it recommended a little cove and promised to be discreet yet welcoming. <laughs> it was spot on. I laid out the picnic rug and got out my sandwiches and then blow me. A naked man came out of a bush and asked me if I was, quote, after action. I well, thought, I, if I was him, I flasher. wouldn't say blow me. <laughs> no. Poor little Wilfred was so startled that he bravely attacked the pervert and bit his willy clean off. In all the kerfuffle, some sand got down my shorts and I took them off and was brushing it off my private area when a police officer turned up. I tried to explain what had happened, but I was arrested for outraging public decency. It's a travesty of justice. <laughs> I think he tried to fuck his dog. And it went wrong and his dog bit off his lover's cock. Yeah. yeah. What did the policeman say when he, you know, when he saw the severed cock on the beach? <laughs> yeah. Well, why was he... Bu- Excuse me, sir. Why are you naked? Never mind yeah. the penis. I want to know where your coat is. <laughs> yeah. Never mind said, the man never screaming mind in the pain. Severed penis. <laughs> Sorry. No. There's a man screaming in pain, bleeding out onto the sand. Yes. And the police officer's like, excuse me, sir, where are your trousers? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, this isn't adding up for me. <laughs> I suspect something more sinister. Yes, so do I. <laughs> I think he knew exactly what it was called, and exactly what the cruising site was there for. I think maybe he went, he paid this man for sex and well, he, he made an arrangement to pay this man for sex and didn't want to pay and set his dog on him. <laughs> or he trains his dog to bite off people's penises and he collects them like some kind of cock goblin. <laughs> well, he is called Julian, <laughs> which is a bit of a serial killer name, let's face it. <sighs> He's got a sausage dog and he's a grown man. That also says something. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something more to this story. I think there's a tale of dark perversions going on. In Bournemouth. He's got no cock and he's probably caught COVID now anyway, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Carson Yanker. <laughs> what, you mean legendary um, Czech striker Carson Yanker? No, German. Who am I thinking of? Oh, you're thinking of... Um, oh, I'm thinking of Jan Collar. Jan Collar. Ah, yes. Yeah, he does look a bit like Carson Yanker. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Bit of a 90s football reference there for you. Wow. Uh, interesting. <laughs> I suppose that ties in with having the German dog. There we go. Carson Yanker's a cock goblin. We've learnt that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, works for me. You know, I, I don't. Uh, I do think there's something more perverse going on here, though. Right, well, um, thanks for listening. That's been cutting through the bull in the post-truth apocalypse. 
I've been Ben. Don't drink my flavor raid and don't join a cult. I have been Gaz, free Biff Tannen. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>